Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. My name is Jenny. And I'm Justin. And today we will be talking about the movie Allison's Birthday. But before we do that, come check out our three short films on our YouTube channel called Kaiju Carnival. Um, we just have fun on the weekends making these short films, all types of genres. Uh, let us know what you think about them. And they're pretty awesome, in my opinion. All right. Allison's birthday. This is going to be our first Australian movie that we review so far. Yeah, I was trying to think of other Australian films I've seen, like horror films. Oh, I was just about to say Crocodile Dundee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen Crocodile Dundee <laughs> a lot as a child. Um, and I was thinking about horror films, though, and I think maybe Wolf Creek is the only one I've seen. Mm-hmm. And they also had a television series that I also saw. Uh, nope, I'm, I have not seen any horror films coming out of Australia. I wonder if they have like a huge horror scene in Australia and we're just not like keyed into it. Maybe. Maybe they're like the Koreans. Yeah, the South Koreans like have a lot of cool horror movies. They do. Allison's birthday. All right, I got a list this time. Oh, you got a list? Yeah, I do. Okay, so it's an Australian film and I'm like trying to compare things that, you know, things in America, things in Australia. So there's a couple of things that stood out to me in this film. First one is, Does every is it normal to just take a beach dune buggy around as your personal vehicle? <laughs> yeah, his car is pretty unique. I was trying, I was like... I mean, it's cool. It's, it just feels like it's Australia, you it's, know? It's very cool, but I was like, is that like... Is that a real car? Or did he just make this thing in his garage? <laughs> and the way the covering of the seats, did you notice that? Yeah, it seemed like those old school like kitchen chairs. <laughs> yeah, I got with, it. Like, his with grandma's. the crappy material, you know, and like the flower pattern. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. The next one is when people when you have uh like a group of people that are gonna kill someone, do they always dress up in tuxedos? Uh, I feel like maybe in Bond films, they <laughs> you're, you're talking about the the graveyard, the graveyard scene, the graveyard ambush, yeah. so to speak. Um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice when very they, dressed up when they were very dressed up to kill this man. <laughs> and then but is it? They, oh, go ahead. They were going to a party afterwards, right? They were. They so were. Maybe it was just convenient to were, be you know in your party clothes. Were you expecting not to get a drop of blood on your party clothes, though? I mean, but they are going to like a weird satanic uh, <laughs> ritual. So maybe like maybe you show up without blood on your tuxedo. People are like, hey, you're a little underdressed for this event. <laughs> like, please go get some blood on you, then come back. <laughs> okay. And then is it normal to decide to put Stonehenge in the backyard? Yeah. So I thought that was... So weird when she found it and then her uncle was just like, oh, yeah, it's like a miniature replica of Stonehenge 
I don't really go back there. Like if I had Stonehenge in my backyard, <laughs> it'd be like the main feature of my house. I'd show everyone when they come over. Right? I'd be like, hey, you want to go see a replica of Stonehenge in my backyard? Yeah. You'd be doing parties, weddings. Come on. Like, oh, yeah, dude. Using I'd be having everything. barbecues all the time. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's overgrown. There's snakes back there. That's why we don't go. No, it would be the main feature of a house <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, last thing on my list. Did I miss something? Does everybody over there use the uh, Vulcan neck pinch to knock people unconscious? <laughs> did you notice that? I did that, notice okay. that. Now that you mention it, I'm recalling it. And I'm yeah. like, yep, that did happen. <laughs> I was like, D-, and, and of course I Googled it. And I was like, does this actually work? No, it's not. That doesn't work. It's, it's not a real <laughs> no, thing. it's all made up. <laughs> so from the beginning of this movie... I was like, well, the message is pretty clear. <laughs> like, there's no, like, there is no interpret like misinterpretation that could happen with the message that was given to her from the spirits at the beginning. It was like, do not go home for your 19th birthday and watch out for Myrna. Or was it Myrna? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's your, one of your best friend dies. Okay. And it's like, don't you have PTSD from this event? Yeah. You know, and isn't this something that would probably haunt you until your 19th birthday, perhaps? Yes. When, when this message applies and it supposedly comes from your dead father. Which which leads me to when she tells her boyfriend about it and mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> you know, he doesn't really have a reaction. Like if someone told me that story, I'd be like, hold on. <laughs> This is the first time you're telling me that you had a seance. She tells him the story and he, like he's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's 16, so she's just a, a you know, a, a teenager in her prime. Well, she's 19 now. No, I mean, when this thing happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's only three years. Right. Like, you would forget that the spirit came through and your friend got crushed by a bookcase during a seance. <laughs> um, so, which leads me to my first horror movie rule from this movie mm-hmm. is if a spirit gives you a warning, especially a super clear warning, uh, listen to it. <laughs> if it tells you don't go home for your 19th birthday, maybe don't go home for your 19th birthday, you know? Yeah, she she definitely like justified everything and and it was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they raised me. So I feel like I'm obligated to, you know, go visit them, even though she I I think she knew like her instinct was like, okay, there's some obviously the whole time she's like something's wrong. She was scared and she wanted to spend all her time with her boyfriend, Pete, you know, and so. But then her family was all like, you know, manipulative and trying to keep her in the house and all this stuff. I mean, I think she was just a weak character, like a weak individual. You know, that's probably why she didn't like Pete was just this very dominating character in this mm-hmm. film. And she was just kind of like, lolly, 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 you know, like she's like, oh, it'll be OK, you know, or I don't know. It feels weird or like, I'm scared, but I'm still going to keep going along with the flow, you know? Right. Yeah, because she did have moments in the film where she was like, oh, this seems like off. 
you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just continue forward. When she's like, I'm not going to go home for my 19th birthday because of this warning I received from a spirit, which is a very clear warning. And then her aunt is like, oh, it means so much to your uncle if you came home for your birthday. I'd be like, oh, I'll absolutely come. But like work, I can't make it until the day after my birthday. So yeah. can we just celebrate the day after, you know? Right, right. Like I would, I feel like you could easily find a way to be like, I can't make it, but I'm, I'm still coming. It's just going to be a day later. Right. You know? So when Allison said that her in the, uh, I guess it's her grandmother had the same pendant. Yes. I, I immediately thought like, oh, this is like a sacrifice body swap thing going on. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't figure it out to the very end. Right. <laughs> when it was revealed to me. I don't know why it popped in my head. I was just like, oh, they, they got the same pendant on, like, and she's super old. Like, they're yeah. just going to swap her and Allison's body. I think I, it was, it became more of a movie where I was like, well, maybe Pete can save her. That's kind of what I was, like, hoping for. You yeah, know? there's definitely that switch in the movie where it goes from, like, Allison being the main character to Pete being the main character yeah. of the movie. Right. Funny moment was when Allison was having that dream of, like, the sacrifice, uh, like, happening, you mm-hmm. know? Like, uh, I guess it's a premonition or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought they were all chanting, Excalibur, Excalibur. <laughs> and I was like, is this a weird sword cult that's, like, worshiping the sword Excalibur? But it ended up being uh, Excalmyrna is what they were chanting. Like, I found out, like, later on in the movie. Yeah. But I was like... Are they chanting Excalibur right now? Like from Arthur? Yes. And the round? Like the legendary sword Excalibur. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Well, I mean, there is a stone, Stonehenge. Uh, yeah, Stonehenge, you know. <laughs> I knew something was off with that doctor that came over to like help Allison when he was like, oh, it's nervous exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. I'm, I never went to med school. Maybe nervous exhaustion was a thing in like the 70s when they just kind of like made stuff up like hysteria and oh, stuff yeah. like that, you mm-hmm. know? So this character, Pete, if he was my boyfriend, I would be like so impressed because this guy did everything he could to save Allie, you know? And I was like, and it was so weird because sometimes he referred to her as her friend. And I don't know if that's an Australian thing. But then they're like, oh, we, we, uh, you know, oh, I love you, you know, in the, in the kind of in the beginning of the film. So I wasn't sure. I'm not sure where their relationship stands, but this guy is putting his life on the line, you know, for this girl. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of moments when people probably would just like checked out, like when, when she gets hypnotized and she like accuses him of breaking in and trying to like abduct her and they like arrest him. Like, I'm sure most guys would have been like, Ah, uh, yeah, this is too much. I'm I'm done with this situation. <laughs> like you know? But like Pete, Pete is like he he really is kind of the the hero of this film. He, he was probably my favorite character. Okay, I think that the actor that played Pete did a really great job. I thought that the girl that played Allison also did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think she was a little more active in the beginning of the movie, and then um, you know she kept getting drugged or hypnotized. Or yeah, <laughs> like hypnosis was a big part of this movie too. Right. So. I thought that the the actress that played uh, Aunt Jenny was very like that was that was really well done. Yeah. Um, because she was like this occult leader. She was very calm. 
That's uh, the, all the men, the two men, the uh, the doctor and the uh, Uncle Dean were kind of like uh, they got a little panicky and frantic or impatient at times. And she just kind of played it cool the whole time. And she knew exactly what to say. She was um, she was a very confident leader. And I was like, I was like, oh, man, like she could convince you of anything. Yeah, you know? she was very devious. Very. And then she's all like, oh, you're not hungry? Oh, but don't forget to drink your poison. I mean, your tonic before you go to bed, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> and even Allison's like, oh, she always made these weird tonics for me when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. I really love these older movies when you can see like the imperfections in the film because it makes me feel like I'm like watching a movie, right? Because mm-hmm. like. Sometimes, and I know we've talked about this before, but sometimes movies today are like so perfect that like it's a different experience than when you're clearly watching a movie from like a different time period. Mm -hmm. So all those little imperfections that you see in the screen, uh, because they they shot this on 35 millimeter. What would you think about the... the, The music or lack thereof. Did you notice that they used a lot of uh, electric guitar? Yeah, so it was uh, definitely different music choices. Um, The two things that stand out for me are when the grandmother comes into Allison's room in the middle of the night. And it has that like very suspenseful buildup that like to me, it never gets old. Right. It's been done a million times before and it'll be done a million times from now Uh where, you know, you have that, you know, suspenseful like buildup and then like the reveal, you know. Yeah. And like. Yeah, it's been done, but I still love it. And the music in the graveyard fight, I just thought that was so like funny to me because it was not something I was expecting to come like music wise. Yeah, it was like they Jimi Hendrix, the the sounds a yeah. little bit because they were kind of playing with I don't know all the technical terms for electric guitar. But when before the men showed up and he was kind of walking through the grave he would kind of look up at the trees and then it kind of gave that creepy, um, it, it was almost like they were taking the string and kind of bending it almost. I don't, I don't know what the technical term is, but, um, it, it was a very eerie, creepy, cringy type of sounds that was coming out. And, uh, it really kind of set the mood of like, you know, that one, something is going to happen, but at the same time, it's like, like this very uneasy feeling that you get. Yeah. And then when the running and stuff there, then the music kind of like got a little more amped up. So this movie didn't really, to me, it wasn't scary. Uh, it didn't really build any tension at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite scenes though, was when Pete breaks into the house to get Allison in the middle of the night and he takes that rag and he puts it over his flashlight to kind of dim his, his light. You know, I felt like that was like a cool little detail because like you wouldn't walk into a house just like shining your flashlight all over the place, you know. And to me, that was probably the most tension in the film mm-hmm. when he's sneaking around because you're like, oh, is he going to get caught, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he just like walks into Allison's room and he's like, hey, are you OK? You know, like talking normal volume. And I'm like, shouldn't you be whispering right now? You know, <laughs> uh, but that was that was definitely one of my favorite scenes um just how they filmed him kind of creeping through the house I, I thought that was probably the coolest part yeah yeah i liked uh, i know you mentioned this before but i liked it when uh the great or grandmother thorn uh rolls in you know like to for her to be 103 years old and rolling quietly uh rolling in her wheelchair into a room she could probably has no you know very very um uh, little bit of vision and uh and then she ends up getting caught because she knocks down the guitar or something yeah 
And then the reaction from the from Allie is like uh, when she finds out who it is, like she's like, "Who the hell is Grandmother Thorn?" Like I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, what we. I'm sure we've mentioned your grandmother. <laughs> she came all the way from England, right? Yeah, she's just very exhausted right now. <laughs> yeah, she flew all the way here for your 19th birthday, the lady that you don't remember. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that should have been like a red flag of like, <laughs> mm, that seems off. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think Allison had like the sneaking suspicions the entire time, but these are the people that raised her, right? Right. So she just, you know, maybe she kind of let that sway her judgment. You know, thinking like, oh, well, because no one thinks like, oh, my parents could be evil, you know. Right. Uh, when you walk in her footsteps and you're kind of like, yeah, you don't question people that are your guardians. Yeah. You know. And it sounded like they like raised her well, too. Like it wasn't like an abusive childhood or anything. So she really wouldn't have any reason to suspect besides, you know, the spirit at the beginning of the movie clearly telling her <laughs> not to go home and to watch out for Myrna, you know. Right. What did you think about the ending? That was probably the most terrifying part as a 19 year old girl, because um, at one point uh she did. She had made a comment about I. I saw or to Pete. I saw the oldest person I've ever seen in my life. You know, and I think in that, from a very young girl's um, point of view, it's like she was kind of horrified by the way that this woman looked. And then at the end, when she ends up in the body of that woman, I felt very like terrible for her. You know, and yeah. she just when she looks at her hands. Because she felt weird and she looks at the her own hands and she's like, oh, my gosh, like I am now in the body of this old woman. Yep. You know, and she's looking at her old body, um, you know, that she used to live in. I think that was I don't know. I think I thought it was a great ending. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool twist. Um, another horror movie rule I have is if someone tells you to throw the cross away, like get rid of the cross. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> that person is definitely now evil. Because like when, when she was like throw the cross, I was like, oh, she's possessed for sure. <laughs> and then Pete, you know, throws the cross and she kills Pete, you know, which is a saddening to Pete's story. Because I, I was really hoping that they would get away. But they did not. Uh, so that was that. That was a really cool twist, though, of uh, putting her into the the older person's body. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I kind of saw it coming. Okay, I do have one final question, though. Okay. Which is, why would you wait until you're 103 years old to swap bodies? Like 103 is a like you're taking chances that yeah. your body is going to last that long. How many people live to that that age? You know. Well, they had to, right? Because she was born, I, I want to say it was, was it the 19th day in the, like their weird calendar? And she was 19 years old and she was born at seven o'clock at night, which is 1900 hours uh, if you go off the 24 hour clock. So they had to wait for everything to line up before they could complete the ritual. But that's just cutting it too close, it in is, my it opinion. It is cutting it close. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're like, you're like, uh, I can't die. Like, I just, I mean, what if this didn't work? What happens? You have to live until 122. Uh oh, I can't do math. <laughs> that's a great question, though. Like, what if, 
what if she can't die? What if she just needs to swap the bodies because this one's not functional anymore? And oh. like she would just continue, you know, on, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. So overall, uh, I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. It was kind of like cool to kind of step back in the past and watch this older, uh, Australian film. I did too. I mean, I did watch it three times in a row. So, um, <laughs> I liked it cause it was, I mean, it was a very straightforward movie for the most part, and it wasn't anything, um, there wasn't any kind of like special cinematography. There wasn't a lot of, um, I guess you'd call it special effects, except for that one little um, like glowy blue light that they did. Um, I really liked the story. It was, you know, for 1981, it was pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on Kaiju Carnival. I'm Justin. I'm Jenny. And make sure you check out our Twitter at Kaiju Carnival so you can see what we're watching next week. So you can also watch it, then tune in to see if we all had the same thoughts. And also visit us at Instagram, Kaiju underscore Carnival, and see what we're up to. We'll see you next week. Matane. Matane.